Hello, and welcome to One Stop Co-op Shop, your one stop for board game news and reviews. Hold on to your pants, it's time for a special episode. Hey, I'm Peter, I'm here with Mike. Hey, everybody. And Jason. Yo, my peoples, what's up? And Steve. Hey, everyone. And Barrett. Greetings. And that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Colin will be here soon. So what we're doing now is we are building up to episode 200. Woo! Yeah. And we're not only live here on the podcast, but also on Shelf Stories. So Jason, you want to do a a warm hello to your Shelf Stories folks? Nah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Shelf Stories, get in the back seat. So yes, no, we're super excited to get close to uh, episode 200, where this should be 198. We're also going to have 199. Colin will join us for that. And then episode 200, the big one, where we're going to do... So what we're doing to build up is we're doing our top 50 co-op games. And when I say R, I mean all of R. So combined list. We all did a top 100 list. We scored them from top to bottom. And uh, right now we're going to do 50 through 31 today. We are counting down. Everybody handed a top 100. So why aren't we doing top 100? Because that's a lot of episodes at once. So (laughs) (laughs) yes, and we're building up towards 200. We figured we'd give the creme de la creme top 50. At some later point, we will do the rest of the list and we will release all the spreadsheets and the aggregates. I know people love that stuff. They love like kind of deep diving. (laughs) When we did top 100 solo, there's like, oh, my show me everything. We will show you everything. However, we wanted to just, you know, cut off and give you the best stuff. 198. It's coming out today, which is Sunday. And then this coming Wednesday on the regular uh, my slot will be 199. And then the big culmination, One Stop Co-op Shop Podcast, formerly Co-op Cast, Peter yes. and Mike started the show way back then. It has grown, as you can see. We're very happy to have the entire family here. Colin, like I said, will be joining us in a little bit. Steve came on pretty early. Barrett has come on for just for KDM. That's it. There's no other reason why Barrett. Is here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if you want to hear the rest of the stats and the stats about the podcast, and I'm actually going to quiz these guys once we get to episode 200 proper. So uh, look forward to that next Sunday. I've I've got all the stats and stuff. I know people love that for our our numbered episodes. But wait, we want to thank some of our amazing Patreon supporters who keep the show running, help us uh, get the games we cover, help us to pay the cost for running the podcast and the YouTube and all the other things. Uh, Thank you so much to everybody. But this week, I'm going to specifically thank Sabu the Peaceful, who is a co-op MVP, Jeff Cunningham, a co-op MVP, and Vano Chu, a co-op fan. So thanks to Sabu, Jeff, and Vano, and all of our supporters, everyone who is on our Discord, everyone who subscribes to the YouTube channel, listens to the podcast, everything you do for us, leaving us uh, reviews for podcasts on Apple or whatever. We appreciate all of you, and especially our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much. Was that Sabu the Peaceful you said? Yes. That is awesome. What a co-op name. All right. So there we go. <laughs> Episode 198. We got our uh, our true co-op lover there for sure. Well, I'm sure they have a separate uh, Patreon account for the other channels they subscribe to, like Sabu the Warlike. <laughs> One-stop competitive shop. Is that the... <laughs> All right, Jason, man. Well, this was your idea. Thank you so much for putting this together for us. And you want to get started? Who doesn't love topless, right? Who doesn't love oh, topless? Yeah. So Wait, we who doesn't love to topless? Because, get... I mean, you know, that seems inappropriate. Oh, that was Barrett. Reason. Barrett was about to go topless. For this, <laughs> and then I told him that we were going to do Zoom. And he's like, let me get a shirt on. I can't believe this. <laughs> Top list, you dirty mind. Get out of here. <laughs> I don't know that guy. All right, so let us get started with number 50. Again, all of our lists have been aggregated into one list. So what's how it's going to happen is I'm going to announce the point total on the name of the game, and I'm going to say who gave the highest score, and they're going to break down just very briefly what the game is all about. That's how we're, that's how we're going to do it. Colin has a couple of these, so when Colin jumps in, he might hopefully he'll jump in by episode two. With it. I think we'll, we'll be okay with that. Uh, yep. So I'll just kind of give a, give the runner up over here. And we already have a, a Colin special. Colin rated this one uh, number 50. It was 189 points total. Uh, so I'll go to the second point score, which I believe is Mike. Actually, no, Peter. I get you just confused all the time. This is terrible. <laughs> you guys are staring me in the face. That's all right. <laughs> Still, That's all right. It's terrible. Uh, number 50, uh, 189 points is Project Elite. 
Oh, yeah. I was about to say, what do Colin and I like that nobody else likes? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't figure that one out. I was like, wait a minute. Yes, Project Elite. That's such a fun game. So it's a real-time cooperative dice roll but miniatures game at the same time. So, I mean, that's the thing you need to know about it. If you like games where you're going around shooting stuff, if you like real-time games that are frantic. But the thing I like most about Project Elite is it kind of stops you every like two minutes, I think it is. So you have like two minutes of frantic, like build up a sweat. And then you have like a couple minutes of like just moving stuff around, taking your time and getting ready for another frantic round. So I think Colin likes these real time games as much as I do. You know, five minute dungeons near the top of my list, too. So Project Elite, it combines a lot of things I like. It combines miniatures and little cool guys and, and tactical puzzles and real time franticness. So do you one of my favorite. You rated it pretty high, too. Huh? You, you rated that? Uh, <laughs> I did. I did rate it pretty high. Huh? huh? What are we doing? Where am I? <laughs> what? This is what we're doing. This isn't Kingdom Death. I don't know what's no, going what, on. What's going on? He's oh, here for one game. It's <laughs> one game. <laughs> two games. He's here for two games. We'll two get to games. the second one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you you agree with that, Parent? Oh, I totally do. I agree with that. Um, I actually had a really cool experience playing with Colin himself. So being able to see it in action with him was a lot of fun. And then he actually gave me his old copy and I've brought it up many times and played it. Every person I've played it with really has a blast. Frantic, dice rolling, running all over the place. Who cares to make a little mistake here because there's so much going on. It's just a blast. Awesome. Steve, Mike, have you played it? Yeah, I have played it. I don't like it very much. And I'm usually (laughs) a real-time fan. This is a one that did not uh, strike me well. I played it after we did some Con of the Rings action. We were playing Lord of the Rings for like all day. Our minds kind of melted and burned. And we sat down and played Project Elite. And I thought that was a good way to wrap up the night. Because the nice thing about Project Elite is not saying there's not strategy in it, but it's pretty light, right? Because just rolling frantically, just trying to shoot bad guys and aliens. And for that, it was fun. I enjoyed it. Okay. All right. So that was uh, for number 50, Project Elite. I think I figured out why Mike didn't like it as much. I think it's the most dexterity real-time game there is because you got to like go from here to there. You're like moving aliens. You got to do whatever. And we've seen Mike try to play a dexterity game and uh, it's not always great. I got to be honest. It's not always great. (laughs) I mean, mean, you're not wrong. My least favorite thing about it is having to move the aliens while I'm doing my own stuff. That is the part I don't like. So I think you're right. Sorry, sorry, Jason. That was number 50, Project Elite. We're going to buzz through these pretty quickly because we got 50 games to talk about. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. sorry. Get the idea, please. Uh, as we as we um, select it, go ahead and open up your cool stuff, uh, Ben. Open up your fun again and your Amazon. Just like throw, throw the games in there. That's what it's all Every about. Every single one. <laughs> Every single one. <laughs> Number 49 with 191 points. Uh, so the, the point totals at this point are kind of like slow. And then it's gonna, it kind of uh, proceeds up like in an asymptote. So it's like it, it's flat, flat, flat. And then like the last bunch, yoop, <laughs> because we all like the same games. But so there's so there's a bit of a clustering here. But, you know, so we all uh, there, there's something for everybody in this part of the list. This one is a Peter special. It is Magic Maze, number 49. Wait. I mean, not me? Mike. I keep on doing it. I was about <laughs> to say, I don't like Magic Maze at all. You want me to say good stuff about it. You're, you're sadly disappointed. <laughs> I'm, it's not even late. <laughs> Just imagine when it gets late. <laughs> I really like Magic Maze. That is a real-time game that I enjoy quite a lot. I also love limited communication games. This is a real-time uh, kind of limited communication, limited movement game. Where you're trying to get through this uh, little mall dungeon together and grab things. It is very hit or miss. I said that even in my review that while I love it, I've had bad experiences with it with some groups. But when it hits, it's so much fun. It's one of those real-time ones you'll play like 10 or 15 times in a row. Uh, my family loves it. My son adores it. We play it all the time. So yeah, Magic Maze is, uh, I think, a really fun real-time one. How about you, Peter? Uh, You rated it, but it wasn't as high for you. Yeah, no, I mean, it's not as bad as I, I was saying, but I couldn't believe I would have been the highest rating it. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> so uh, it, it's that's going to happen not- at least five more times. Uh, <laughs> listeners out there, uh, over under on how many times I confuse Mike and Peter. <laughs> I, you know what? That's the drinking game for episode 198, 199, 200. <laughs> Thank goodness they're not doing it all in one night the way we are because they'd be done by the end of the oh, night. Yeah. That is for sure. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so I like this game. It's, uh, it combines some things you would think I would like more cause I love the mind so much. So it's got that limited communication where you can't talk and it also combines it with real time. But for some reason I got a little more frustrated in this than I do in those. Not he a did. lot more frustrated, no, yeah, like, quite frustrated. <laughs> but there, there are definitely games that I, that I got more frustrated with, but for whatever reason, this led to a little bit more frustration than some of the other ones for me. All right, so that was number 49, Magic Maze. Let's go on to number 48. Mike and Jason love this game. 
No one else <laughs> even came close to rating it. Mike, which game do both of us love and nobody else even rated on their top 100? Oh, nobody else even rated. I probably uh, haven't maybe, played maybe it an then. O- an Oniverse game, maybe? Quirky Circuits. Oh, Quirky Circuits. I love Quirky Circuits. I That's love like the Quirky best. Circuits. I love it. Quirky Circuits is amazing. <laughs> it is okay, only here on the strength of our 90 <laughs> ratings. We both rated in our personal top 10s, and no one else rated it at all. <laughs> Number yeah. 48, Quirky Circuits. Uh-oh, Barrett is shaking his head hard. Never played it. Oh, I can't rate a game man, I can't play. Cool. There's no monsters in that. There's no (laughs) (laughs) that campaign game. (laughs) It is a campaign game. It's an excellent campaign. It It is is. actually Quirky Circuits is the only campaign game that I've completed besides like, you know, Alter Quest, which was kind of like quick, but like an actual like multi-day campaign, Quirky Circuits all day. So uh, what's the buzzword on that one, Mike? It's also limited communication, uh, limited communication, cooperative programming game. So you're trying to move these robots through these different scenarios, like picking things up. It's in a booklet, like I think Jaws of the Lion or Stuff Fables. So uh, all the setup is really simple and it kind of tells you the rules right there. And yeah, you cooperatively lay down uh, programming cards without seeing what the other players are playing, except for kind of an indication of it. And I think it's great. I mean, it's right in that vein of Magic Maze <laughs> where some people just aren't going to have fun with it or going to get too frustrated. There's another one. I think Peter actually got even more angry playing this. Oh, yeah. No. Than he did with Magic Maze. Like, he got <laughs> oh, much more. Much furious. more. Much but more. <laughs> t- taking Peter and Jerry the, that one game out of it, I've never had a bad experience with this one. My family loves it. I adore it. I, I designed a solo variant for it. I don't do that for games I don't <laughs> spend a lot of time with. So I think this one's awesome. How about Steve? Do you, have you played it, Steve? I have not played this one, but it sounds fun. It sounds oh, like something I'm so probably good. like. Don't listen to Peter. He's a he's a, he's a willy wick or whatever. <laughs> I'm Wait, usually the one that like... loves nice light games like this, but this well, this one frustrated me so much. What? I almost had fist fights like every time I played this game. And I mean, I'm talking with my kids, like my nine year old daughter, my 13 year old son. Like it's been, it was awful. Like I just, it never went over well. It's cooperative yeah, I mean, well, galaxy trucker. P- P- Peter I love Galaxy the- Trucker. It's 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 a hit or miss game like that that was hot or cold. Yeah, I so mean that- P- Peter is the uh, the one factor that is consistent in all of Peter's bad plays of the game. So I think that's uh, true. Yeah, <laughs> we know what to blame there. <laughs> all right, so we are going to go on to our number forty-seven, also one hundred ninety-two points. So really nice tight clustering. Uh, this one is a Steve special. He is on here because he rated it highly. Mysterium. Oh yeah, yeah. This game <laughs> I played the. <laughs> Actually, I have not revealed any of the list to anybody, so we're going to get a couple of those moments of like, oh, wow, I did talk about that game. <laughs> yeah, I played this game a ton at one of one of the Gen Con years is there. We, we, we bought the game. Someone bought the game, and I think for the next like three nights, we played that game nonstop every single night just because like it's so fun to like take turns being the ghost. And so the basic premise is one person is a ghost that can't talk, and they're giving clues to people trying to figure out like who's the murder suspect and location, the weapon, all the fun stuff. But they, cause they can't talk. They give you very evocative images of like really like fantasy type art that I don't know. It's, it's really cool. Like the art, art works really good in this game. And so you're looking at his card trying to say, what do they mean by this? Are they like, is a green color here? Is it means that it's the green person or Hey, is that the weapon holding? And it just devolves into a really fun experience, honestly. I like the Polish version. It's a little bit cleaner and I've usually play with the Polish rules. So Mysterium is, um, they, they added a bunch of like, well, you can guess, not only are you guessing the thing, you're guessing what, what other people are getting. So like, you can get who's wrong, who's right. And I hate that. I hate I, all of that. Yeah. I hate, and what that's why I, I bumped it way down because we are rating Mysterium. But so if I'm playing without that stuff, we, I, I always play without that stuff. I rated it 41, but I've never played anything but the Polish version. I don't know I've that only you played had... the Polish too. And I, yeah, when I heard the stuff they added, I was like, this is dumb. <laughs> yeah. So I, I rated it with, just so you know, where my rating was, was without all that stuff because I've never even played with it. I, so I get the Polish version well before the, the US version was even announced. So I still love it too. I think it's great. It's super fun. Everybody wants to be the ghost. Yes. But I think it's good to have one new player be the ghost. And then th- then right. that hooks the other new players, right? Because then they want to be the yeah. ghost. I never get to be the ghost anymore, but I'm okay with that because uh, <laughs> I'm always introducing it. The new version is really interesting, too, because like it's it's Mysterium Park, which condensed and they got rid of that uh, guessing thing, too, as well. Okay. But um, yeah, it looks really, I don't know, it looks really fun. If you want to play like a quicker version of that, it's way faster to set up and tear down. Yeah. One of the best high player count co-ops. 
Yes. Yep. All right. Mm-hmm. So now we are going up to number 46, 197 points combined. Uh, Colin is most of the reason why we're here, but Steve and Baird also rated this pretty highly. The game formerly known as Renegade because they <laughs> had an IP struggle and now they're kind of figuring out how to rebrand and how to relaunch. And so this is the game formerly known as Renegade. Go ahead, Steve. And actually, I'll go to Baird. Baird hasn't talked in a while. So put your shirt on, Baird. Let's go. <laughs> okay, I put my shirt on. No, Renegade's pretty cool. Um, I actually haven't played it a ton. I have it right up there. But what I have played, I've really enjoyed it. Steve probably has a lot more experience in the game than I do. I've really only played it a couple of times. But what I did play, it, I really did enjoy it. How does uh, Renegade work, Steve? You're kind of like hackers in this network system. So the terminology that can kind of throw people off, but basically you're moving around trying to stop things from exploding and trying to complete different objectives, which are dictated by this AI system. It's a deck builder at its heart with a tactile moving around the board. Tactical point-to-point movement deck builder. Yes. Exactly. And yeah, this game uh, is awesome because it's just, when I played it, it's got the really meaty decisions. And honestly, it was the game that, you know what? I'm okay partying with Mage Knight, actually, because it was the uh, inspiration for Mage Knight. <laughs> yeah. Mage Knight, as good as it is, it just you do doesn't do that once for episodes, Steve. So you, just, you make me <laughs> drop my jaw to the floor. <laughs> Every time we're on the show, you take this one moment where it's like you're almost making my heart attack. You gave up Mage Knight? What's wrong with you? I mean, I, I also gave up Mage Knight, but I don't think Renegade is better than Mage Knight for me. I will say, Renegade's deck building, what I love about it is that you uh, you pay cards to get cards and they immediately come into your hand and you don't change the overall size of your deck. Those are two things I love in deck builders where you get to use the cards right away and where your deck stays like tightly focused, kind of like uh, baseball highlights does the same thing. It's a really cool deck building in uh, Renegade for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so that was our number 46, which was Renegade. I get to bring Barrett back into some games that I know are closer to his heart. <laughs> uh, he's like, oh, thank God, finally. Enough a dungeon crawler. Enough, crawler. Enough of these family weight co-ops. And <laughs> give me aliens to blast. Give me monsters. <laughs> That's right. At number 45, we're breaking into the 200s, uh, 208 points. We have XCOM, the board game. Oh, XCOM is so much fun. I've played this so many different times. <laughs> so it's a real-time game in its core. It does have very similar Project Lead stopping moments where you have to kind of work together to kind of think of things. But as the time, when the timer goes, you're going and everybody has a role. Everybody gets to do something. That's something that's really fun about this game. And once they're, it, that person can't stop. I mean, you can't be like, oh, I'll just think for a second. No, you got to go, go, go. Because it's, <laughs> again, played the video game. So big fan of how they built this game, mm. a real time game that you got to know what you're doing. You got to keep going and you hopefully can try to just survive this alien invasion and hopefully try to stop it. So mm-hmm. much fun, so much laughter, so much great moments. So much rolling, so much yes. failure after the rolling. <laughs> That's so where the laughter comes in. That's you the did laughter. so good, and you have everything set up, and then it's like one, 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 one on a five <laughs> out of six thing, and your plans turn to garbage. Yeah, they put all the satellites up there, and they don't go there. They go somewhere. So did else. anybody like, oh. else? Did anybody else here have it on their list, or was Steve. it Barrett and Colin only? Oh, was, Steve uh, had it Steve on too. Also, Steve, you, you enjoy XCOM too, right? Yes, yeah, I enjoyed XCOM. That was a. Uh, that was one that Colin introduced to me at the. We were playing like almost like three o'clock in the morning on one Gen Con night or morning at that point. Um, but it was a blast because one, we were just like loopy, silly because it was early in the morning, but also because it's frantic fun, right? Now, I do have a love hate relationship with the dice, like you said. Like it's <laughs> it's good in the sense that like as you make successes, you can adjust how hard you want to push it because it's not like I roll and I immediately fail. I I fail and then like I could go again, but now I've more risk at, yeah, at my failure. Luck. A little push your luck, luck, right? Yeah, so it's like rolling push with luck. push your luck. So, but yeah, honestly, there's a lot of blanks on the dice. <laughs> so it's really frustrating <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> For me, it could have been better with a little bit more stability in there yeah. like it did i don't need like a, a euro but like a just it, a little bit too much failure for me but <laughs> it no it's a, it's a good uh core and i think it's an older game so it's like i mean i think it's been a little bit replaced by now but i'm glad you like it that's good so that was number 45 xcom the board game so we are going now to 44 also another band special i know uh peter I, I have to, I'm looking at the name on the bottom of the Zoom thing, so I'm not going <laughs> to mess that, mess that up anymore. <laughs> well, that's uh, not going to so be fun for those playing a drinking game. <laughs> Mike also enjoyed this one as well. Uh, this is number 44, Deep Madness. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I love this one. This Go ahead, Barrett, though. This Look at Barrett's well, It's a dungeon crawler. What can I say? you got to love dungeon crawlers. Um, no, you don't. It's, a, it's a horror <laughs> no, dungeon crawler. Which is even so it's, it's got a mix of horror and dungeon crawler with it. The only thing it doesn't have for it is it's kind of a 
eh, pseudo campaign where you're kind of learning a little bit about the whole thing, but it's not really a progressive. A, your guys keep going, which actually I enjoy for this because I like being able to start fresh with every character and having to decide how to get through this thing with what you get and what you have. And that's part of the part of the deal. So basically you're trying to get out of your underwater. It's almost like deep star six or Leviathan in this way, where you're kind of <laughs> underwater. You're, you need to get, there's alien stuff going on. There's there are spawning all over the place and you're just trying to frantically get out and complete objectives. There's even one of like this, you're trying to get on a train. I mean, it's just awesome. There's so many good things going for this game there. Dungeon crawler. Awesome. <laughs> so I think what I love about it is it's very puzzly for a dungeon crawler. It's, it's not this big, luck dice fest at least it doesn't feel that way to me i feel like i'm trying to solve the puzzle of that mission and that includes taking different characters sometimes to different missions it's really the most puzzly dungeon crawler that i've played anyway or at least to me and in a good way like i really like the way it feels i like how every mission is very different and it's a different puzzle that you're trying to solve on each one now i will say my caveat because it's pretty high on my list is that i do take out those little whatever evil tokens whatever they're called because they're just tiny, it's very hard to see, and they just make the game harder, and the game is too hard with them, in my opinion. So I take them out because they do very little, but it's enough to make the difficulty not where I want it, and it's it makes it so fiddly. When people describe the game as fiddly, I think it's because of these. Because every time one board goes to madness, you have to flip it over, and you got to pull all these little tokens off and like flip the board over and then put all the little tokens back on. So, yeah, yeah, that I mean, that is a big negative the podcast. That was a raspberry. <laughs> <laughs> so just taking that one element out, I think, is what puts it this high for me. If we're talking base game, it wouldn't be nearly as high for me. But I think the game is great just by actually removing an element. You're not learning extra rules. You're literally just ignoring that elements even in the game. So I, I gave it a raspberry, but I haven't played it. So I, I just that one part just sounds really I hate when that that upkeep where there's so much upkeeping game, but it sounds like really interesting. I really would like to play uh, Deep Madness, our number 43. There is one small problem with it. It also is a hard game to paint because you never know what exactly all the monsters coming on the board are gonna be. And it's a lot easier to paint a game when you know what's coming. Mm. Well, you right. could pick the six you have painted, right? Because you they're they're set up at the beginning no, of the game. You right? can't you can't put a lurker in with when you're getting attacked with a bog monster. What's no, no, no. I'm saying you can just shuffle the six because there's only six monster types per game, True. and then next. But there's game, a lot of those six monsters. Yes, yes, yes. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, on, Barrett, I know how fast you paint. You're oh, fine. Come on now. You love <laughs> to paint. Paper. Come on now. So yeah, then once you paint a seventh one, you get all excited because then you could shuffle them in with the other six that you got already painted. So you can, it could be a progressive project. Sold. I'll do it. Nice. All right, we are going to move on to our number 43. This is my thing, and I rated it way higher than everybody else. This is Ghost Stories. Ghost Stories was the number six of all time. Uh, I'll just kind of break this one down. It's a tower defense game. You're playing a Shaolin monk and you're going, it's a, a, you're playing a three by three grid of tiles. Each tile has a power and you're going to go from place to place and defend against a deck of monsters. The deck of monsters does nasty stuff and it is famously hard. And I love playing with it. I love playing with the expansion. I had an expansion. I have the playthrough of the expansion on my channel. I adore this game. Mike, you didn't even rate it at all. I don't get it. I don't get it. Explain to me, man, why you didn't even rate Ghost Stories in a hundred co-op games. Makes no uh, sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I did like it. Peter and I did an episode on it, and I liked it better than I remembered. But I just find it very sloggy. Like, things don't really change much from the beginning of the game to the end of the game, except for the tension kind of increasing a bit. You don't get any new powers. You don't really, really do anything differently. You're just waiting until Fu Lang or whatever his name is. Su Lang. No, Su Lang. Oh, man. That, that, uh, that's Legend of the Five Rings, right? I forget. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that, so... That's, that's terrible. It's, but I, yeah, you, you're, you're just waiting know. until he spawns and, like, nothing... Right. And for, for me, I need more variety in the play. I don't... And that's okay. one. That's why I don't like Pandemic as well in a lot of iterations. I don't like just kind of bouncing around and putting out fires until things fall into place and I can actually do stuff. I like to have more of a choice of how I actively kind of pursue my objectives, and this one doesn't offer that. I like games that are under 45 minutes that are nice and breezy <laughs> and snappy and I get that good punch and it's like concentrated fun. So it's like, I don't have to unfurl a game over, just <laughs> hit the table, give me my good stuff. I'm done. Hit the next one. Ghost stories gives that to me in spades. Love, love, love ghost stories. Did not love the imp re-implementation last bastion. Do was like 674th in my ranking. No, thank you. Last bastion. <laughs> <laughs> Completely unnecessary. So uh, go, I'll just, I have my ghost stories. 
I'm happy with it. Uh, anybody else uh, have experience well, with those stories? I was just going to say, I'm shocked that you like it so much, considering how you bashed on XCOM because of the luck. Now, I mean, that dice in Ghost Stories was like the most frustrating thing for me. And people say it's a challenging game, but that's not really true. We discussed this in the podcast. Actually, you can go back and listen. It was one of our first 20. And the luck is swingy in this. I don't think it's hard. I think it's very swingy to me. Like some games are super easy and you just bust right through it. And some games are super hard. So to me, it's just a very swingy game. And it's funny, like it gets praised for being hard. But for me, it's not hard in the way I like. It's not hard in the way that I get to solve a puzzle. It's hard in the way that I had two blue tokens and I needed to roll a blue on the dice. And I didn't ever roll that stupid blue for five turns in a row. And I just wasted everything. I hate it. I have three words for you. Learn to play. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. What's what's next? Learn to play. <laughs> <laughs> that was Ghost Stories at number 43. Let's go up to number 42, which is 221 points. Again, we're slowly going up that ladder over here. Uh, this one would I don't have to worry about Peter and Mike because they both rated this one very highly. I'm a little confused by this one, but so you guys can explain it to me. It is Dawn of the Zeds. Oh. oh. We just played this on the stream channel. It's so good. It's so fun. Mike, you taught it to me. So why don't you go through the... Uh... Yeah, so this is a uh, tower defense or kind of town defense zombie game, obviously. <laughs> and uh, you have like these heroes, you have actions, you have these very dynamic events. Each one is unique that has zombies like spawning and attacking and turning your people and you're just trying to survive until the National Guard shows up. I I'll say personally, this is mainly a solo game for me, but... Unlike some of the other victory point games, like I really didn't like Nemo's War for co-op. I really prefer that one solo. Um, this one, I, I wasn't sure how to feel about it. And then when I played it solo with Peter and Jerry and then played it with my son, it worked really well. Like you need to have a group that wants to discuss because you don't really own anything. So you have to like have a group that's okay. And you have to, I mean, you, you definitely have to tamp down any alpha player syndrome you might have because this one does nothing to mitigate it if that's nothing. a problem in your group. Nothing. But taking that away, this is one of my favorite games in general. So the fact that co-op can be good with the right group makes it still pretty high, not like top 10, but pretty high for me in my co-ops overall. How about you, Ben? Do you enjoy this game too? Yeah, I did. I thought it was really good. Yes, co-op, it actually works out. I, we don't have any alpha gamers in our group. The only person being alpha gamer is me, and I usually just sit there and go, well, what do you think we should do? And yeah. I listen to what they do. I'm like, <laughs> sounds good to me. Let's give it a shot. <laughs> so it, it works really good. Because all you have to do is teach the game. And then I kind of let them decide what they want to do. And it works out really well. Of course, there might be a one moment where I'm like, hey, you know, that guy might not want to go there. Right. So, right. Could stop things. But yeah, it's I, I really enjoy this game. It actually is the only tower defense game you might actually see on my list, I think. <laughs> the only non-dungeon call you might see on yeah, this list. That, that might be it. <laughs> When you watch us play it on the stream, I think we're fumbling for the first hour or so of trying to play the game. And then what we figured out is that we could just have a marker and pass it from one person to the next to the next. It's like, okay, you take the next action. Okay, you take the next action. And so it's, I mean, it, you know, everybody's just taking one action. Yeah, we can kind of discuss it. Well, I think this is what we should do. But at some points, we're just like, no, you decide. You decide what we do with that next action. And I think the thing that differentiates it and doesn't make it feel like such a solo, or at least doesn't make it to the point where it's so alphable to me, is that no action is really guaranteed, right? There's there's so much luck. There's so much swinginess in it that it's like, I don't know that there is a right action. I mean, there's probably a bad action, but I don't know that there's a right action always. Sure. And yeah, so for me, like you might do the best high probability action and kill half of the town <laughs> by how right. you roll. So. <laughs> mm -hmm. I really like it. I just think it's not a great co-op. It's, it's a wonderful solo. It's a wonderful solo. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm still re recommending it mainly for solo. I have all these caveats for like who you should play with co-op. Solo, just go to town. It's awesome. Oh, go to town. All right, so that was Dawn of the Zeds, number 42, third edition. Good, make sure you get that third edition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, number 41, I have not played. Uh, Colin, Mike, and Steve both enjoy this. Uh, it is Dice Throne Adventures, a oh, recent, yeah, yeah, yeah. A recent uh, a feature on the One Stop Co-op Shop channel. All right, Steve, it's been a while. Why don't you talk about it? Uh, Steve, doesn't I haven't played this one. Well, I'll oh. get to Steve in a second. Uh, Steve got a, a little bit of a run coming. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I thought you said Colin, uh, Mike, and Steve. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry, Barrett. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, Barrett. Barrett. Got it. Actually, Barrett hasn't played this. No, I don't have. I've never played this game in my life. <laughs> so now I'm Steve and I'm Barrett. <laughs> oh <my God>. Literally. <laughs> but, you know, I can talk about it. You know, you throw some uh, I'll, I'll talk about it. I'll talk about it. <laughs> you kind of get some cards. <laughs> The so main YouTube people, Colin, <laughs> Peter. No, God, they're even on even on YouTube. Yeah, go ahead. Someone talk oh, about it. It's it's, it's Dice Stone Adventures for crying out loud. 
Yes. So, so Dice Throne Adventures, it is the new co-op mode you can play with Dice Throne. So it's kind of an add-on to this competitive game. And it's a, a Yahtzee kind of style mechanic where you roll uh, several dice, you can keep some and you can roll again. You're trying to get these different patterns and damage enemies. But it's this campaign where your characters level up because you have a deck too that's unique to your character and you're leveling up your deck. And here comes a Colin. He can say something about it too. Here comes uh, Colin. Oh man, he's nice. coming. He's coming. Hopefully, and yeah, like right uh, I, I had some concerns that are easily house ruled in my review. But if you house rule those things, this is a ton of fun. And the production quality on this one, like some of the best I've ever seen. Like beautiful use of trays and things to make set up a breeze to make everything like fit in its place perfectly. Uh, yeah, it's it's really really great. All right, so we got Dice Throne Adventures. We're gonna get uh, Colin. You might see on the video that Colin is slowly logging in. I'm keeping that. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, here hey, comes, oh, there Colin. Is. Hey, your, your video is not on, Colin. I know. I don't have a camera. You want me to get a video? <laughs> wow, <laughs> they made me put a shirt on. They made, oh. <laughs> we made Bear put a shirt on. So yes, we're gonna make you do a camera. Come on. Okay. Well, totally that means I gotta go upstairs course. and get my camera. So, so you it's can, gonna well, give you, me five minutes. Come back. Right, we'll we'll, we'll talk about some more games with yeah. you, Callan. But hold on. I heard Dice Throne Adventures. Yeah, yeah. Talk game. about yeah, Dice yeah. Give Adventure. us your opinion. No, I just I I've only played a few times, but I absolutely love the game. It's jumping way up on my list because of it. I didn't hear everything Mike said, but the big thing is the production quality is oh, yeah. fantastic. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yes. And the the fact that it's so quick to play and with, with everything of how it's set up uh, in the actual box, I can get it out and play it in less than 10 minutes. You know, I can get out, play it, and then put it back. I love that. In a dungeon crawler, you don't get that normally. So I love that about Dice Run Adventures. Cool. And what, what I think Colin's somewhat referring to there is just a box control is great. If you want to be this character, I literally just hand you a box and it's got all your stuff in it, everything right? You everything, everything you need to play. And uh, that's just my two cents is if you like Yahtzee, I think you're going to love it. And I love Yahtzee. So that's the reason it's so high on my list. If you don't want that kind of dice luck, you know, three rolls to get whatever you want, then you're not going to like it. I think it's going to be you're going to love it or hate it kind of a thing. Yep. But uh, one of my other favorite things is it's easy to put away. And then get back out again. Unlike a lot of these campaign games where like you lose your place or whatever, there's not a great story in there, which is a pro and a con. The pro is you put it away and you don't have to remember anything three months later. You just put it back on the table and it's real nice for that. It's like, oh, I got an hour and a half. Let's go ahead and pull that out now. So that's Dice Throne Adventure. I've not played it, but it looks like a lot of fun. Dice Throne was okay, competitive, but you layer on that extra piece of adventure and I'm I'm all in. So I'll, I'll definitely want to check that one out. All right, so that is number 40. We're going to uh, Peter, who likes these types of games. Uh, it is Chronicles of Crime. Oh, yeah, one of my favorites. I, I mean, I love all the escape room and exit type games. So this is one of those, although I didn't like every detective type game that's out there. Um, so these aren't always my favorites. I like escape rooms. I don't necessarily like the crime games where you're you know, looking for an answer or trying to solve a crime. And it is one of those. But the thing that made this one stand out to me is the 3D element. So the way it works is, and I think the, another reason it works for me is- Wait, pa pause for a second. I'm, I'm watching Barrett's face. Let's see how long it takes him to figure out what game we're talking about. <laughs> all you said is 3D elements. It might be KDM, Barrett. You don't know. No, I guarantee you it's not. <laughs> I guarantee you it's not. 3D elements. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Keep on talking, Peter. Maybe I'll figure it out. I will give nice. Barrett the hint. The game that we're talking about is, is on your list. Oh, it's on my list. Okay, so I got a one in 100 shot. All right. So, I mean, this, this should give it away. Because, again, the 3D element, when you're looking at your phone and you've got the crime scene picture oh, and you move it up and down and you can crime. look all around the crime scene, it's just amazing. And the one thing that I like about this one above and beyond other detective games, and it's really a weakness of mine, is memorizing names and stuff like that. I'm not very good at that. But when I see the picture of the person that goes with the name, yes, I, yes. I mean, that that triggers that memory for me much better than just names. So I think that's what makes this one stand out. Plus, each one's what, an hour, an hour and a half instead of like a four hour experience. So for me, this is the best of those detective type games. I love it. The Millennium series was excellent. I mean, it just, they lots of good quality content for quality. It's my highest, way highest, uh, escape room, crime solving or whatever it is. Uh, not rated on at all, Steve. Have you played it? I've not played it. This is one of them that I was talking about playing at my local game store because they have a library. So I was going to borrow it and try it out there, but uh, never got around to it yet. But uh, it's Priority. definitely one that I would probably like Priority. a lot. So. This is my <laughs> least favorite crime game that's out there right now. Boo! Boo! <laughs> Didn't like we, it at all. I think it's great as a co-op game, though. 
but I okay. Uh, we have one problem with it when I really thought this had a lot of not necessarily alpha stuff, but there's only like we were playing with four people, and like there's one person on the phone just kind of going yeah. around like this, everybody else kind of going, what do, we do? <laughs> what do we do? I don't know what to do. Where all the other detective games I've played yeah. that are on my list, everybody's doing something. Sure, it's a four-hour extravaganza sometimes, but we have like this elaborate board with like all the little ties going all over the place. Like we really get into it. Where this one's just kind of a sit back, like scan, 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 scan. We got so bored of it. Okay. Yeah, I, I do yeah. think it's not great at higher player counts, but I, I feel that way with a lot of escape room games. And let me clarify, this is not my highest escape room game. This is my highest detective game. <laughs> I actually like, I think most of the escape room games higher, certainly unlock for sure. We have but a couple of escape room games that are a little bit higher on the list. Absolutely. All right. So that was number 40 with 226 points, Chronicles of Crime. Now we are going to on to 39 and Colin is joining us for the benefit of the podcast. Say hi, Colin. Hello, how's it going? Hello, all right. The family is together. So we are going on to number 39. It is the only game, or the, the first game that one of us ranked number one overall. And so someone here ranked number one and everybody else pooped on it. Barrett. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the was not up. KDM. It was Pandemic. Oh, it's you. Oh, Jason. My Jason. number one, yep. Pandemic. I rated it number uh, number one to so 100 points total, uh, all thing. Nobody else rated it above. Although, um, Peter, you did give it a, a little bit of love. You did. I was, was about to say, it's got to be. It was 39 for me. That's not too bad. So it was not, not terrible. So, <laughs> so, yeah, pandemic, it's the classic. You know, you're running around, make it, you know, um, diseases pop up on the board and you're running, you're taking a little pawn and, you know, curing the diseases. And I just think the, I mean, obviously, if it was just pandemic, it wouldn't be it. But like, it's a, it's a system at this point. And the, the expansions are wonderful, even not even including the fall of Rome and like that one, we, we're not going to see those uh, because I think a lot of people, if you're not going to read pandemic, that how you're not going to read the other one. <laughs> right. But the, the system, that generates all these games and just the base game and some expansions. I adore this game. I don't foresee this game ever being anything less than my number one. I really, really don't. But maybe there's legacy on there. Oh, list. We don't know. Uh, but yeah, Pandemic is number 39. I won't go on too much about that one. That game's a nice, nice hoary old game. We have other games to talk about, including a game that just came out, just came out this year, which is our number 38 with 234 points. So we're starting to amp up a little bit more. Peter, I'm going to let you gush about Adventure Tactics, Domian's Tower. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I love that, that game. 38? Really? 38 overall, man. Wow. Thanks to, I mean, it's, thank you to Peter and Colin. Yeah, yeah I was about to say, that was definitely in my top 10, I think. Oh yeah, I'm not looking at my top 10. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, that was number five for me. Yeah, so that was really, I love the game. I love the game. I see Mike's face of uh, confusion. <laughs> I, I mean, I think it's a really good game. I, obviously, everybody talks about the leveling in that game, which is fantastic, better than any leveling system I've ever seen in any game. But I, I like the quick missions. The, the thing to me is it feels like they knew that the best part of that game was the leveling and they didn't waste too much of your time with the fights. Right. Like it's like 30 minutes, 45 minute fights. And then let's get back to leveling some more. And then you do another 30, 45 minute fight and then you get back to leveling again. So I think they knew what they had there. Every fight feels very different to me. They've done a really good job of differentiating between the fights. I think it's great. I, I really do. If I'm going to pull out a dungeon crawl, I hate to say it. Mike said he's off dungeon crawls for a while. But for me, if I'm going to pull out a dungeon crawl, that's probably going to be the first one. Not because it's necessarily the best. But because it's the most accessible, it's something I can get to the table real quick. I'm going to be able to play it anytime I want with anybody. And my kids love it, too. So mm -hmm. really fun game. I don't think it is a kid game. I know I just said my kids love it. I don't think it's a kid's game. I love playing it. I would play it with anybody. Colin? Yeah, I'm nothing else to add, really. Just exactly yeah. what Peter said. Uh, Mike did not enjoy it as much. I mean, I, I still like it. I just found it a little fiddly to actually play it. And, you know, they, they had a lot of, like, development issues. They had a lot of things that were incorrectly done. Mm -hmm. I think like the second game, if they do another one in the series, could be a lot better. I think this one is still a little rough around the edges. So I don't dislike it, but there's certainly a lot of crawlers I'd rather play than that. Speaking of games you'd rather play, this next game is a lot <laughs> higher for you. So as I transition to keep us going, uh, so we are going to go to this one. Actually, we're a little bit of a, a point spike. So we are getting to games that more of us like. That's what that's what point spikes mean. More of us like these games. More of us have rated it positively. More of us have played these games. So we're getting into that territory. We are going to number 37, which is Atlantis Rising. Mike, you had it right, rated the highest. I mean, I'll let Colin talk about this one. He's the one who introduced me to it. Oh yeah, Atlantis Rising, great game. What you're doing is 
You play simultaneously. You uh, have a board that's slowly disappearing throughout the game. You're trying to go to different spots, collect enough resources to build this artifact. If you build the 10 artifacts, you can escape the island before it sinks in total. Super fun, very quick. I love that it's simultaneous play for co-op. That's one of my most important things when I'm playing co-op is I want to have everyone involved all the time. And you have that with Atlantis Rising. You have ways to mitigate your dice. Yeah, you're rolling dice for your resources and people who are Euro players will hate that. But (laughs) you do have ways to mitigate it with that, with uh, Mystic Energy. And you've got special abilities, lots of great things like that. So absolutely love the game. I, I find that if I play with six or with two players, it still lasts only about an hour and 15 minutes, which is perfect. It's not too long either. I went in for the uh, the Kickstarter for the expansion, mm-hmm. which looks like it's going to add like so many fun modular little elements. Because I, I really like the game, but I still want to see a little bit more and like having like these monsters, like turning Medusa from bad to good and having her join your team. Like how cool is that? I'm really excited about all that. Cooperative worker placement game, a second edition. The first edition was was lame. Uh, <laughs> yes, so don't even was. count that. It was bad. Uh, <laughs> Let's just so start with the second edition. I agree. The second edition <laughs> is, is, is the thing. And then the, I also back the expansion, so we're going to definitely have a lot of coverage of that. Okay, so we are going to go up to another Jason special, number 36. Also, Steve rated it pretty highly as well. So I will point this one to Steve. It is Freedom, the Underground Railroad, our number 36. Yeah, this one surprised me because I wasn't sure what to think about it because this game is all about freeing the slaves from, uh, well, the Underground Railroad, right? And so the, the theme is... Wait, could, Steve, could, you don't free the slaves from yeah. the Underground Railroad. It's <laughs> oh, not mean, like the evil Underground Railroad <laughs> is Bring them back! <laughs> yes, thank you. It's already starting. It's not even that late. <laughs> You're correct. It's only 8 o'clock, man. <laughs> So, has yes. the Underground Railroad prompted so many laughters. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this one was this has a really fun puzzle of trying to like how can I get these cubes to the northern northern territories? And as you move them across the this the slave catchers, they will like chase after them. So it's like a puzzle like which one to move first, move this guy out of the way to so let this other one sneak through and the reason why this like sets so high for me is because I think the theme is really well done. Yeah. It teaches you stuff as you read the flavor text on the cards. And honestly, I feel like I I get attached to the game. I get attached to like, oh, that slave just got captured. I I honestly feel bad about that while I'm playing this game. And so that's why it rates so high for me. You people, if you watch my content, you know exactly yeah. how I feel uh, for the Underground Railroad. My limitation is it's, it's also not a great co-op. It's a it's basically a solo game where people are kind of like sharing roles, but you know, I, I don't care. <laughs> it's an excellent game. So the funny part on. is I agree with Steve, but that's why it's a little lower on my list. Believe it or not, I get too emotionally invested in the game. It's just, I mean, Mike and I talked about it. He was talking about a time he was, you know, playing with his wife. You know, the emotions you feel they bubble up during the game, and mm-hmm. it's just a little heavier than. Uh, I mean, look, don't get me wrong. I'm glad it exists. I will gladly play it, but it it really is a heavier game that it's not mm-hmm. like you know, a fun Saturday night. Hey, what do you want to bring out? I'm not bringing out Freedom of the Underground Railroad on that night. But I do think the design is excellent. Right. And if at any point they come out with like a monstrous Underground Railroad, Bernd is right there to paint it. <laughs> the second guys. edition. That's right. So that was number, number 36, Freedom of the Underground Railroad. Number 35, okay, so I was kidding about everyone having liking this, liking games. Uh, this is also the area where a couple of people can kind of drive something to the top of the list. This is definitely one of those times. A Mike and Peter special. Uh, Colin, you have missed it. I have confused these people's names the entire time. <laughs> but I That's don't why he lists us both now. together now, so he can't <laughs> yeah. get it wrong. Mike and Peter, Peter and Mike, MP, doesn't matter. MP, you know? MP, MP thank you so much. So M- this is an MP special all the way. Steve also had a contribution on this. It was Battle for Greyport. Oh, man. Mike, go ahead. Awesome. Give us some Battle for Greyport love. Yeah, so this is a uh, cooperative deck builder, like, town defense game. Uh, talk about simultaneous play. Everybody's turn. You can all play cards, and you have to, like, really carefully balance your resources to not run out too much. Uh, scenario variety, enemy variety. Uh, probably the weakest part, actually, about the game is the deck building itself. Like, it's kind of like simplistic deck building. But the tactical play, the cooperation, the discussion, the challenge, the scenario variety, this is one that uh, we played several times through our Discord. I've played with people on TTS. It is an awesome game. I've never had a single person play this and not like to love it. I think it's like really kind of an unsung game. Like I don't think it got nearly enough attention. I know that when it came out, it was way too hard. 
and they kind of revised it to be a little bit more accessible and not so challenging. So that definitely hurt them a lot. Mm-hmm. But man, I wish this game got more love because this is, uh, I think, an awesome, awesome deck builder and an awesome uh, cooperative game overall. Colin, have you played it? Yes, I have. And, and I you did not it. rate it at oh, all. No, no, no. no. But, but <laughs> game, it didn't even rank in the top no. 100. Oh my God, you must think this game is feces. Well, I played it one time <laughs> and I must not have done rules right or something because I hated it. And immediately yes. I found someone who wanted it and I sold it. So, you know, Mike makes me want to play this again. I really do, but I couldn't rate it this time because my experience with it was terrible. So yeah, glad to hear it was good for you, Mike. I love it too. Game. It's a swingy game for sure. I'll, I'll, I would no, I would not say it's swingy at all. Like uh, in these easy and medium scenarios, I can't lose playing by the revised rule set. Colin, I'll, I'll try to run you through a game on TTS. This is one I, I think you would love this one if you give it another chance. Okay. Cool. Well, and you can't play it solo, right? And and right. I mean, I, I don't even think it's good. At, I mean, it's good at two players, but I think it gets better as you get to three and four is like really the sweet spot for it. Steve, you seem to have something to say too. Yeah, I played it at three and four, I think, as well. And I, I felt like it played really well at that. Um, but I agree with everyone saying, like, the, the reason why it doesn't rank high for me is because I think the deck building itself is pretty, pretty ho-hum and lackluster. And, like, it really depends on what you draw from the market because the market's kind of random comes out. And you can have, like, a really crap market that makes the game yeah. harder or, or better. And then, I don't know. I mean, the expansion helps out because you get more more variety and then it kind of evens it out a little bit. But um, the, like everyone said, like the simultaneous play, the cooperation, the discussions going around the table is excellent in that one. We are back to Dungeon Crawler for our number 34, 248 points. Colin, nope, sorry. <laughs> Colin, so, sit, Colin, sit back down for this one. I'm going to throw it one, this one to Barrett. Unfortunately, Colin didn't like it, uh, but it is Alter Quest. Oh, I'm probably the only one that rated this highest. Nope, I, rated <laughs> I actually really enjoyed it. And the other two people that have played a lot of this really thought that it was not their deal. And I think it's because Colin made this so exciting. So the deal is, you're, it, it's a... Uh, it almost could feel like a modular game, but it actually has a board, but you're able to kind of, you're going through different scenarios and you get to kind of walk this thing, however you feel is the best way to do it. There's not like, a, oh, I have to do this room, this, and this room. You kind of go around, you're drawing all these cards. Now, of course, some of the reasons I think this game kind of fell on some people's list, and I'm looking at Steve and Colin, is because as you're playing it, you're actually, there's so many decks you're drawing from. And sometimes the difficulty isn't there or else it's too much there. And it's going to be a little swingy in that direction, but Everything that Colin did to make this game good is why I thought it was such an awesome experience. And I think that's what really made me get this one higher. And if I actually own this game, who knows if I actually played this the way it's supposed to be played, maybe it'd be falling a little bit, but I really enjoyed it. I thought the characters are cool. I thought they worked. So Colin and my characters were like built for each other. It was so awesome to see the way the co-op worked in that because he was giving me tokens that I could use to do things. So it's just seeing this in action really made it shine. I think it's my favorite Sadler brother game that I think I have on my list. And so, yeah. Loved it. I, I I love the experience of the co-op in it, and I but I can understand why some people didn't like it. Some people being Colin. Go ahead. Yeah, it just didn't work for me. I, I thought it was a great game design-wise, but when I was actually playing it, the whole time I was, I, it was always too easy. I would add in additional enemies. I would add in additional traps, and we'd still have no problem. I mean, Barrett and I were just walking through everything. Now, Steve had a very different experience, and I think that just has to do with all the modularity. It was very hard for them to balance it well. And so for me, it ended up just falling flat. I ended up selling it, but did enjoy my plays with Barrett, but that's mostly because I'm playing with Barrett, really. I mean, I could be playing anything. So yeah, anyways, that's that's Alter Quest for me. (laughs) So that was Alter Quest. Yeah, Sadler Brothers game, not the last one we're going to see on the list as a little bit of a hint. But yeah, Alter Quest is, I like the rooms. I think people, let's let's talk about that. It's a big board. You're kicking in doors. You have features. And I I, I it's my, it. I had uh, a Sword and Sorcery on my shelf and I just fired Sword and Sorcery. I was like, I don't need this anymore. So I, I, I don't have a lot of room for Big Adventure, but like it was good enough to kind of boot another very good game. And Sword and Sorcery is a very good game too. All right, so number 33, we're going to wear slowly closing to the end of the episode. We got three more games left. This one, I actually rated the lowest out of everybody. Everybody had trickled in uh, this game. So I, I and every single person on this call, every single person listening likely has played this game. It is Forbidden Island. And as the list unfolds, you'll see all of our taste on display. You already know Baron's taste. No. Uh, so, <laughs> right? <laughs> We haven't quite gone to, to Mike's taste yet. I'll get to that in a second. But the simple, clean games for families is Peter's bag. So I'll let Peter talk about Forbidden Island. 
Yeah. I mean, it's pandemic, but it's shorter. It's cleaner. It's simpler to be fair for sure. But to me, this is the game I want to play instead of pandemic. Now, not pandemic's not a bad game. I love pandemic. It was probably, I was probably second on the list with pandemic after you, Jason, but I don't know. I just like it. it. It's different every time. I like how you can do different board layouts you know in the in the base game there's the little cross or whatever if people have only played that i think they're like oh this game's too simple it's too repetitive we've seen it all before but like if you just change that board layout just make it a circle instead of that cross it changes the difficulty of that game immensely and i think there's just a lot of things you can do with it i think it's a very visual game i love how you first of all i think the artwork is beautiful i mean beautiful i love just looking at the tiles laid out But, you know, you can do so many interesting things and so many different variants. And those aren't like player variants. They give them to you. They don't give them to you in the box, but they're all online. Like the company gave out like different map layouts and things like that. So I think there's a lot of things you can do. And it's just beautiful and visually appealing every time you play it. Not only does it, you know, have the beautiful tiles, but the cool little plastic miniatures. And what is it like a $25, $30 game, something like that? I mean, no way you can beat that value. For me, it's a gateway game. I I love having it in the my life and i love that i played it but you don't sit in the gateway <laughs> you, right. the gateway. you want kind of either i don't know like i just didn't feel like there was enough there for like me to really really want to go back but if someone if i'm taking somebody else or a child something like that i am perfectly happy to bring them through the gateway so, that's why uh, it's on my list for me it's a lot of times that's one my family reaches for quite a bit it's a really fun game i got an 8 11 my wife myself we play this one mm-hmm. quite a bit. We never have a bad experience with this game, even when we lose, because we all get to lose together. We all get to win together. It's a really good, good game. Yep. I also like how it puts itself away, because as the tiles sink, yeah. the cars go away, you put them back in the box, and when you're done, you're done. <laughs> oh. <Yep. laughs> that is a great point. Standing. That was our number 33, Forbidden Island. Uh, so we're going to end 32 and 31 on Steve's special. So I'm going to give throw it oh. to him uh, twice. The first one is... Burgle Brothers. Ah. Oh, yeah. This game, I like a lot. I do house road a little bit, but for the most part, it's a great game. This is a heist game where you are playing as criminals of some kind, and you're going on to the bottom of this building, going to the top level, and each level, you have to find the save, crack it open, and make it to the rooftop to escape. That's the theme of it. But on each level, you have a guard, and the guard's moving around, and you kind of know the path of where they're going. So you try to duck into rooms, duck around corners, avoid laser traps and hack computer systems. And there's a lot of strategy in playing it. I like like it quite a bit. The one thing I don't like about it is every game I play of this, there's always a time where, you know what? It's best if you just stay in that room and and kind of skip your turn and wait for the guard to pass. And that's just not fun for people who kind of like skip their turns. So Mm -hmm. that's why it's not higher on my list. But otherwise, this is a great game. But then you get to draw an event card. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just saying. Yes. I'm just saying. Those event cards can be awesome and terrible. <laughs> yes. Uh, Mike, you did not have this one rated at all. Uh, that's because I've only played it a single time, but I enjoyed okay. my one play, but I didn't think it was fair. I, I did that for a lot of games. There are ones, there are also uh, several games that have co op play where I love the solo, but have right. never played them co op. Like uh, KDM, I think it's a fabulous game. I know I'm sure we'll be talking about it later, but I've nah. only played it. <laughs> Oh, maybe not. Uh, but yeah, I've only played it solo, so I couldn't really rate it uh, intelligently for cooperative play. So yeah, I, I think Burger Brothers is great. I really hope to play Burger Brothers 2 at some point, but I haven't played it much yet. Okay. So uh, the last game that we're going to talk about for 31 is also a Steve special. I should give the point totals because maybe people are running over. 262, so we are actually rating going up a little bit more highly. Uh, this one, Steve, is Street Masters, the other no. Sadler Brothers game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, give it a, I'll give it a somewhat thumbs up for to the, counter for the uh, benefit of the down. podcast uh colin is over here giving thumbs down colin it's gave one for me us why this is number three <laughs> game overall yeah this game is amazing i love this game i play it all the time i, I can't get enough of it i have the app and i keep playing it on, on that too but um it's weird because i don't even care for the theme that much but like just the mechanics how it plays and it, so basically what it is is you are martial artists and pulled from a video game genre generally, or maybe even some movie genre as well. And there is a stage which has some thematic element to it and a boss you have to go beat up. And the boss is trying to do something on the stage, like maybe dunk, dunk poison in the well or summon the Oni powers or something like that, or try to brainwash the school. And so something about this, it's just, you put the board down, there's no other setup for that. And you grab your fighters 
and each fighter plays very differently to each other. And I like how you have all these tokens where you have punch, kick, and grapple, and you can coordinate your attacks. Where like, okay, I need to, I need to have a punch attack. Well, let me make an opening for them, and so you can like cooperate that way, so they can land a killer blow to take out that baddie. And and it's got this really awesome sense of progression. But I love this game so much. Mike, you also because uh, you have a lot of this stuff, right, Mike? Uh, I did. I actually sold my whole collection. <laughs> oh no! No one's shocked that watches anything uh, to do with any of our comments. I mean, I, I, I'm sure I already did a shelf life episode saying I did, but maybe not. Uh, but yeah, the funny thing is, I sold my collection partially because I was so excited that Alter Quest was coming, oh. and then Alter Quest was cut, and then Alter Quest came, and I was like, man. How about that Street Masters, though? <laughs> um, now, I, I will say, um, I, I do think that I'll still like Hour of Need more than Street Masters, which right. is another upcoming MDS one, because that's even smaller. At this point, I would rather play Sentinels of the Multiverse than Street Masters, cause, just because it's easier to get out a deck of cards than... I know, Steve, I know, just for me. <laughs> um, but Street Masters is a lot of fun. It's a very dynamic game. Tons of fun just to mix and match things, especially if you get some of the expansions. And hey, I actually uh, wrote some of the stuff in the game. So Steve, like you mentioned, the brainwashing the kids. Uh, I wrote the uh, the story in the campaign that features that mission. So Very nice. There we go. I, I got rid of a game that I wrote for. Good job, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, not a universally loved game. Go ahead, Colin. Just uh, wrap up what uh, what your oh, issues no, are. Oh, no, I'm not going to do that at the end of this. Overall, it's a great game. It just wasn't working for me, and I'm just glad right. I gave my copy to Steve, and he's been loving it, so that makes mm-hmm. me happy. Yeah, no, there you go. See, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, the MDSs are great. They just haven't worked as well for me. I just think that it's too much randomness of the different sets together. I haven't liked it as much. I like more scripted scenarios, I think. I think yeah, that's yeah. what it is. Okay. Uh, actually, uh, so we will end the episode. I lied before. It is not the highest rated number one game. Barrett was right. Uh, I did not realize it did not make the list at all. So I will just end this episode on a little bit of a shine, Barrett. The only person to rank it. I ranked it like a number like 90 on my list. So And everybody else, nobody else had it on there. And again, sorry, I would have. I just haven't that's because nobody else has played it. <laughs> that's I, I that's true. It. I have it's, not played Peter's it. Peter's not played it. Colin's not played it. Steve has not played it. Mike's maybe played it once if he's lucky. And he probably used the survivor for the lion. He did. He did. I played at least 10 plays and I actually had miniatures that somebody else glued for me. Oh, there you go. But that's it, great. It, in all of our defense, this is a game that costs $400 if you're lucky. <laughs> yeah, I mean? this is very true. I just, of course, got ha- I, when I my this is one of my intro games on Kickstarter. I hit the Kickstarter button for 150 bucks. I got oh Kingdom Death. So that's one of the reasons I think I have this, and a lot of the other people either don't. Also, the theme is definitely not up some people's alley. Definitely looking at Colin and Steve for that one. Uh, I don't think that's something they'd ever really be interested in. I don't know. Mind breasted monsters for you, Colin. He's not a big fan. This, that kind of stuff doesn't bother me as long as the gameplay is fantastic. And it is. It's a fantastically designed game. There's not a single part of it I don't like. Even fighting the monster for the 568,000th time, I'm still enjoying it because you, even though there is some luck, there is mitigation. But and maybe I'm just a lover of tragedy. Because that is really what this game is. It's a tragic experience the entire time. Oh, I got this really cool guy. Oh, he's dead. Okay. <laughs> well, then I guess I'll be another piece. Oh, he's not even going to spawn yeah. for you. That's the same. Oh, exactly. Oh, this person doesn't like to go in the dark. She's never leaving again. It's like, oh, well, that guy's out now. So there's so many different things that happen that you can't even predict that I think is another reason this game works. It also, it's more of a settlement building game. At its core, again, it's not something people were thinking, I think, when this game came out. That's got to survive. If that doesn't survive, I mean, you don't care about Alice who went out and got destroyed right. by a lion. Big deal. You've got four more Alice, Alice <laughs> four, three, and five, six, and seven back home. So, oh. so I, I, yes. This so what you're saying is don't get too attached to your character. Get never get attached. My <laughs> wife got attached to her character, and she died. And she said, I, I don't want to play this game anymore. I'm like, Really? Okay, so then I talked to her, she's like, oh, I get it now, it's a settlement. So once you get that mindset, I think that helps a little bit more. I've played this multiple times with different people, different types. I've even played a four-player, I've played a three-player, I've played a two-player. It always works. I know some people are saying, well, yeah, well, your guy dies, then you're just not doing anything. No, you're controlling the monster. And oh, now the second guy dies. Well, if you've lost two people, you're probably going down in a blaze of glory. Learn to play. Learn to play. It's not going to matter. if you have, Oh, I lost my guy too. Well, we better kill this guy in about two turns because he's going to turn around and kill all the rest of the people. So I think that's another thing people are always worried about. 
it actually just beat my number one this time. It's never really been number one for me, but just after all the plays mm -hmm. I've had of it and experiencing all the monsters now, there are some way cool mechanics I have never seen before in a game, and they're in Kingdom Death. All right, so we are talking about Kingdom Death Monster. That did not make our top 50, but I had to have it. I had to give yes. it a little bit of shine. Do you know, do you know where it ended up? Did it you get the... Uh... up on the total list. Ooh, number 112. Ooh. Oh, no, not even the top 100. No, no, 97, 97. It <laughs> oh, I was about to say, oh, if we did yeah. a top 100 list, it wouldn't even be there. That's 111 <laughs> points. Without a good sign. Baron had 100 points. I gave it 11, and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Like I said, not a lot of people had the plays, and Mike's never played a co-op, so it's hard for him to rate it. Yeah. I, I do want to try it. And uh, I know we talked about doing it online on Tabletop yeah, Simulator. I so think we should, Peter. We should try to schedule that. And everybody's welcome. They can play up to four. So even if people, want, people want to join in, I think that'd be awesome. I'm not playing a four-player game because <laughs> I've seen how quickly <laughs> your guys die. But y'all go ahead. <laughs> now, I will put it at 18+, plus, though, from what I understand. Yeah. Some of the content's a little graphic. So we'll, uh, we'll, we may put it on the stream channel, but it'll definitely be in the, uh, you know, uh, one-stop co-op shop after dark uh, segment. <laughs> <laughs> after dark. So that was 50 to 31. That was episode 198. Uh, gentlemen, do you want to close this out? Don't you have like a thing? Oh, wait, we, we spliced that one in. Sorry, I don't want to make you work too hard. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all right, see y'all on Wednesday for the next episode. Tune in Wednesday for 30 to 11. Thanks for joining us again for the One Stop Co-op Shop podcast. Check out our YouTube channel at One Stop Co-op Shop. Also, join us for games and discussion on our Discord channel. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash one stop. Or leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week for another Top 5 list. Hey, Barrett. Yo. Are you going to be there here for episode 200? I don't think you're going to have any games on it. I probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get lucky if I got no, one. No, 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 At no. least I'll be able to talk for a little while. Top we 10. Won. Don't spoil Baron. it. Don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. We'll that, see it. We'll that was, that that was our uh, outro. Is... I'll, I'll just kind of lay back here, and then when I hear my name, I'm like, oh, my game. Baron <laughs> 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 has played pretty much all the top 10 games. Nice. Yeah, and I was going to say, don't, don't yeah. forget, that there, there's a game that is almost certainly going to be in the top 10 that Baron Oh, well, yes. Yes. Uh, probably number one. the power of math, the fact that people, when they rank the games, it goes up to the top, that's what happens.